0: Welcome back to the Swell Suite, everybody. So in this episode, I interview two wonderful women. I interview Kathy Buck and Frankie Fictitious. Kathy Buck owns the Cameo Cinema, the biggest little theater in wine country in Napa. And Frankie Fictitious is a burlesque dancer out of San Francisco. Together, these two are holding an event called Cabaret Noir, and it's an event to support the Cameo Theater, Kathy's Theater. So Frankie Fictitious will perform. There's wine included, of course, and this all takes place on August 19th. I will have the link in the show notes. If you know me well, you know I'm very into all things erotica and flirty, and then you combine that with wine. I mean, you can't have a better match. So... Enjoy this conversation. Let me know your thoughts. Cheers. Welcome to the swell suite, everybody. I have two very special guests with me today. Kathy Luck and Frankie Fictitious. Hi, ladies. How are you? Great. Hi, Hi, Sarita. Well, welcome to the swell suite. I'm so happy to have you guys with me.
1: Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thanks for hosting us.
0: Absolutely. You guys are having an event in Napa. Tell me about the event first, and then I'll dig into uh, both of you individually.
1: Well, if I might start out, we are doing a live burlesque in uh, noir evening at the CIA Culinary Institute in their barrel room, which gives us a nice speakeasy vibe. And I'm very excited because we have this wonderful international burlesque dancer frankie will be performing and it's
0: the first time i believe live burlesque has been in napa valley that's so exciting so how did this idea come up come about i think it's a wonderful idea i'm so sorry that i don't live in napa so i'll miss it but how did this idea come about
1: well um i love live events and i own the cameo cinema And so originally the idea was what's on your bucket list and to see Burlesque live has been on my bucket list for a very long time. And after coming off 13 months of being closed with COVID, I thought, what can we do that is outside the box, exciting, and still has a a bit of storytelling to it. And so I said, let's check off my bucket list. Let's see What amazing performer we can find. And lo and behold, Frankie is coming to Napa Valley.
0: I love that. Frankie, do you spend much time in Napa? Are you excited about the event?
2: Um, I am excited about the event. I don't spend that much time in Napa, though. Um, The closest I go is probably like the Leo Benicia. I've been to a couple of weddings in Napa, but that's about it. And I'm excited to be in Napa.
0: So, Kathy, uh, the next few questions are for you. You are originally from Michigan. How did you get to Napa? <laughs> oh,
1: a long trip. No, um, that's a very good question. So um, when I was living in Michigan, I went to the south of France and spent about a month. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I love the south of France. I love that laid back vibe. Um Long dinners, long lunches, conversation. And then my dinner, my daughter was in San Francisco doing an internship. So I came out for the holidays um, 17 years ago, went to Napa Valley, fell in love with it. I go, this is the south of France, but it's closer and I think it's manageable. So I decided to pack my suitcases, pack a truck and
0: head west. I love that. I love that story. And tell me about how you came to own the cinema. Like, did you did you visit the cinema when you were visiting your daughter? Um, not exactly. So
1: um, when I came, when we came to Napa Valley the very first time, it was for wine tasting and just to check out the valley. Um, and then I started coming back and forth to say, okay, do I really like this? Because I had never lived anywhere outside of Michigan, other than to just take trips. And um, the cinema was right in the center, and it was a beautiful building. And I thought, oh, this could be an interesting career. I was doing real estate for 20-some years, but I wanted something that was ageless and timeless and entertaining. I love the power of story. So when the movie theater came up for sale, I thought, ooh, this looks like fun. It could be easy. Let's, let's do it. And it's the hardest job I've ever done in my life, but fun.
0: That was my question. Like, is it easy? What, like, it has to be some challenges with owning a a movie theater.
1: Lots of challenges and lots of moving parts. I didn't realize all the stuff that has to go on behind the scenes when I took it on. It was also film when I started the theater. And uh, very early on, I was one of the first adapters to put in a digital projector, um, which um, put me on the cutting edge. I was also one of the first to put in um, the Dolby Atmos sound, which is like an IMAX sound, So um, and then to do streaming and um, now with, you know, all the studio changes and everything. So it's been a constantly moving needle. But one of the things that I think I pride myself on um, providing for the community is we are state of the art, we are one of the finest screening rooms in the country with that old school, really
0: majestic vibe. How long ago did you did you buy the, the theater?
1: I bought the theater in 2008. The theater is oh, wow. one of the oldest single screen theaters in the country. It was opened in 1913. So it's actually 109
0: years old. Wow. That's amazing. You you bought history. I did. Oh, man. I, that's awesome. So uh, do you remember what movie, what was the first movie that uh, you showed when you first bought the theater?
1: Honestly and truly, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> That was so many years ago
0: and so many movies down the road. Being in Napa, I kind do you do a lot of collaborations with the wine community there? Absolutely.
1: We um we were the premiere of Som. We were part of the Napa Valley nice. Film Festival. Yes. Oh, that's
0: that's great.
1: So all the guys I know, all the guys Jason Wise has been to the theater, the panel, um, you know, we've done we've shown Psalm One, Two, and Three, A Year in Burgundy, A Year in Champagne, um, Red Notice, all those beautiful, interesting, uh, wonderful wine movies that come out, and we um, love to do pairings with it, um, have special guest speakers, so we're very tightly. Um, connected with the wine community. Karen McNeil is a close friend and Amanda McCrossin is going to be part of my family soon. So, I Wait, like what does that. that mean? What do you mean? Oh, she and my son are ah, together there.
0: <laughs> Get out of here.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's true. Oh,
0: man. Well, so congratulations. The, That's wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. So <laughs> the answer to that question is yes, I have a strong commitment to the wine community
0: guys really quick if you do not know who amanda mccrossan is she is some vivant on most of her social media she's actually huge in tiktok i've been following her for a very long time she's a sommelier she's a wine educator she's giving you kelly ripper energy with a lot a lot of wine knowledge check her out we actually would love her to be on the podcast yeah you especially do now how about that that's Mm -hmm. awesome uh, okay. On to Frankie. So Frankie, I, um, I pulled some girls who love burlesque and these are questions from our listeners. Very interesting questions for you. So first one for Frankie, how did you get into burlesque?
2: Um, so I've always been drawn to like old music and fashion from like the 1940s and the 50s. So while I was looking for inspiration on Pinterest, I came across Dita Montice. Mm. Um, And at the time, I didn't really know who she was. All I knew is that I adored her aesthetic. I loved her look. Um, And I saw she was coming to San Francisco. So I decided to go to her show. And once I got there, I was just in complete awe from all the glitz and the glamour and just being able to see a woman allowing herself to be so sensual on stage. It just felt really empowering. And then after that, I just
0: knew that's what was for me. You knew it was it was for you and you wanted to do it. How did you know you were actually going to be great at it? Because those are two totally different things, you know?
2: Um, you know, I didn't really know I was going to be great at it. I feel like I still feel like I'm not like, I feel like you're always growing. So I could never feel like I could call myself great. But I feel like I'm always growing and learning. Um, but something that kept me going during it is because everyone in the community is so supportive. So just having that positive reinforcement when you're on stage, um, like bearing your soul to the audience, just having people cheer for you and making you feel like you're doing a good job. It's definitely something that kept me going and pushing through it.
0: How do you prepare for the shows for each show?
2: Prepare? I just listen to my music on repeat um, if I don't have choreography for it, then I'll spend like weeks or months choreograph uh, doing cho- choreography for the act. Um, but if I already have choreography, I'll just listen to my music on repeat in my car when I'm driving. Like that's all my partner will hear is just that same song over and over, um, and then just running through the act too.
0: Can I ask, what's one of your favorite songs that you have choreography for?
2: I mean, two of my most popular acts is um, Welcome to the Jungle with Guns N' Roses.
0: Sure. And
2: yeah. No Witness is another song that's really popular that I do. But I don't know. When you listen to the songs so much over and over, sometimes you get kind of sick of your songs. But it's just... <laughs> But so you have to pick a song you love so you don't
0: get sick of it. You know, it's funny. So um, to prepare for this interview and to think of questions for you, for you both, I actually created a burlesque playlist that I'll show. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did. I had to get in the mindset. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so, I'll share it with everybody in the show notes when this is published. Um, and I'm curious to what kind of music you're listening to. Oh, gosh. You know, it's very Beyonce heavy. It's very Rihanna okay. heavy. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's the kind of burlesque you would do.
0: Ha. Huh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, What is equivalent to a standing ovation for you in burlesque? Is that a thing?
2: We do get standing ovations in burlesque. Uh, Yes. Um, But if it's not a standing ovation, just like applause or depending on what kind of venue you're at, people throwing money
0: also. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) My.
2: Okay. There's a lot of San Francisco shows where people will throw money. Because a lot of times we do performances with drag artists and that's like tipping mm. is really big in drag. So okay. now a lot of the shows in San Francisco are combined. So people do tip money while you're performing, but it's not all shows that are like that because there's theater shows still where you can't really do stuff like that, but it just depends on the type of show.
0: Yeah. so I, I mentioned that we have a burlesque um, club here in DC and it's very yeah it's very much like a theater the dance the the burlesque dancers are very far away sometimes they're very high up on a stage or on the ceiling sometimes so yeah i haven't seen that but okay i get it
2: awesome. on the ceiling i love that
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> does burlesque vary um depending on where you are what city you're in um you
2: mean like the type of burlesque yeah Whenever I travel, I usually see a good mix of burlesque. There's definitely shows that are more heavy in classic, or some that are more heavy in neo. But whenever I travel, I feel like I could usually find a good mix of everything.
0: Okay. Does burlesque dancing like allow you to sort of like tap into an alter ego that people in your daily life usually don't see?
2: Yes, it definitely does because in my normal life, I'm really I'm very timid and I'm more of an observer and I just watch what's happening um and in my normal life I don't like doing interviews either because <laughs> I'm just so timid um but yeah with burlesque it really helped me find my confidence and it helped me find a voice so I feel like that's just my offer ego I'm just where I'm able to express myself through dance and striptease <laughs>
0: Yes, your voice is very different from your, um, from your presence because I'm following you on TikTok <laughs> now, so I've seen it.
2: <laughs> yes, I'm very soft-spoken.
0: <laughs> what is the most challenging part about being a burlesque dancer? I don't most challenging, I think it's
2: that people don't see how much goes into a burlesque act. So a lot of us are our own costume designers, we're our own choreographers, we're our own booking agents, makeup, artists, we're, own, we're our own artistic director for our acts. So there's a lot more that goes into it than the four to six minutes that you see us on stage. So a lot of times when booking, like if you tell them your rate, they, just, they don't understand why for four to six minutes it's this much but then there's so much more like it's months and months of training and organizing just for this one act
0: no I get that um I totally get that speaking of booking, Kathy how did you find Frankie
1: well th- Google is a great friend
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um we have um a nonprofit board and um one of my board members uh Quay um he said if you had a wish list, Kathy, what would it be? I said, to do live burlesque and then to do a drag show. I really want to just kind of go outside the box. So he said, okay, let's see what we can do. So we started researching, and, um, you know, there in the Bay Area, there's um, different burlesque artists and troops, actually. But Frankie just captivated me. Mm-hmm. And, um, Quay and I talked about it, and I said she's she's the one because mm. I just think that her presence, her stage presence, um, is beautiful. Plus, I wanted classic burlesque. Also, um, uh, I think sometimes people um, say, "No, you know, it's it's just stripping, and it's not. It's, it's really not. not. It's a story." Not at all. And it's an art form. And that's why to me, I thought Frankie um, just, just showed, showcased that so well. So I'm so anxious to meet her in person and to watch the show. I can't wait. I was about I'm to ask, if,
0: I was about to ask if Kathy was in the show too.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Let
2: me see. <laughs>
0: I'll give her a feather and turn on some Beyonce. I'm sure you would rock it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I think anybody can rock it with feathers. Come on. Let,
0: let's, let's talk about our inner divas a little bit. Here okay. Here. <laughs> I love that. Um, so another question for Frankie. Um, are there any other misconceptions about burlesque other than they think you're strippers?
2: I think that's the biggest one. Biggest one. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that is the biggest one. That's the one that I hear the most. I don't know. Have you heard any other ones? Myself? I, or you know.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the, the objection that comes up the most because I, you know, when we're marketing it, we're we're getting a great audience. Um, we still have some tickets available, but people are going, I, I don't think that's for me. And I said, How do you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and honestly if you really think about it, we all know we're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's just whether they want people to other people to know they're going to enjoy this. Yeah. A little that's wine, true. a little food, yeah. a little music. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's kind of sad that people don't see it as art because that's how I say it's art and it's telling a story through striptease. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's because we're using our body though in ways that people could say it's demeaning but I see it as raising our bodies as art
0: Mm. Frankie do you have a sort of like a signature move or a signature prop that your um, followers love
2: um my teacup a teacup yeah I dance in a teacup I'm actually doing it at the show in (sighs) I'll be there um and then I have a lot of Like, I'm known for doing a lot of Asian-inspired burlesque acts as well, Um, because I'm I'm friends with a lot of the Asian burlesque artists from their dance in Chinatown in San Francisco in the 40s and the 50s, so I'm really close with them, so it's really important for me to be able to continue their legacy.
0: Mm. Got you. Um, What do the burlesque movies get wrong? Just name like one thing that they just get totally wrong.
2: I feel like when you see burlesque movies, a lot of times it's cabaret. It's not burlesque. What's the difference? uh, Cabaret is more like a variety show. It's like dancing. It's more dancing and variety where burlesque is striptease. Like in in the movie burlesque don't think they even do I don't think there's any strip striptease I think it's all just dancing okay. but I really I do enjoy that movie a lot Though it's very entertaining it's very pretty it's splits and glamour like burlesque is but
0: mm-hmm.
2: we incorporate strip striptease and that's what makes it burlesque
0: very nice nice um so Kathy are tickets still available for your event tell us again um the full name where people can buy tickets and what to expect
1: Um, Yes, we still have a few tickets left. Um, It is August 19th. It's a Friday night. You can purchase your tickets online at cameo, C A M E O Cinema, C I N E M A dot com. And what you can expect is uh, Frankie performing um, four different dances. We have a DJ, DJ Rotten Robbie, who, so you'll be able to dance. Uh, JCB's doing bubbles. And Chateau Montalena and Spring Mountain and Chase Wineries are a few of the wineries that will be providing wine for the event, along with Bites. But it's really just a night of entertainment, storytelling, fun, and feathers. And it supports the longest and oldest um, theater in wine country.
0: Both of you, tell everyone where they can follow you.
2: Go ahead, Frankie. Okay. <laughs> Um, So you can find me on Instagram at Freaky Fictitious, on TikTok, Freaky Fictitious. And my website is www.freakyfictitious.com.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at Cameo Cinema, on Facebook, and also at www.cameocinema.com.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. This was this was fantastic. I can't wait to hear about the event. Hopefully someone I know goes and I can hear all about what happens. And thank you so much for being on the Swirl Suite.
1: Thanks, Sarita, for having us. See you soon, Frankie. Thank you. Uh, Bye. Break a leg. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us five stars and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Vine Me Up. Glenn is at Vino Noir. Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha. Vino 301 is Leslie. And you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vine Me Up Media.